and welcome back. Global pandemic, virtual happy hour. Geez, I never really get an opportunity to have a happy hour with people. It's quarter past nine my time and when I was chatting to Janine it was uh, in the morning for her. She's in Germany and uh, we have a chat about the situation over there. Hope you enjoy. Hi Janine, thank you for uh, coming to chat with me tonight. I'm saying tonight because it's night where I am, but uh, it must be morning for you. Yes, it's morning for me. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I've been reading some very interesting stuff just yesterday and today about uh, Germany in regards to the pandemic. So how are things there at the moment? Generally, things are very calm. Our schools have been closed. We're in the third week now. So everyone had to adjust a bit to having their children and their partners and everybody home mm-hmm. 24-7. But I think that this is actually going to be a good thing because in Germany, working from home isn't really something that is done very often. There are some sales jobs that allow it, but mostly it's a very new concept here. So I think after this, a lot of people might be asking for more work from home wow, opportunities. Really yeah, I was, while you were saying that, I was about to ask you, do you think that um, maybe some organizations or companies or even even employees might see this as more of an option now? So that's... Um, I hope so, because, I mean, there are a lot of people who I know personally have in the past asked yeah. to work from home maybe one day a week and have been denied that. Mm-hmm. And I think now being forced to do it, that's a chance for them to prove how easy it actually is. Wouldn't it be wonderful if, you know, that was the outcome of coronavirus was that we ended up with, you know, some percentage of the population being able to work from home and we ended up with less people having to travel and then therefore sort of less impact environmentally and on transport and on roads and all those kinds of things. Um, yes, definitely. Yeah. My husband, for example, um, his company manages green energy projects all over the world so last year for instance he was traveling for 102 days of the year so I was saying to him wouldn't it be great if through this people who before absolutely were adamant they will not use video conferencing or that (laughs) now being forced to do that will start having more meetings like that meaning that he would have to travel less you know so i'm hoping that this is going to show people what technology can actually do yes it is interesting and we there's been a lot of talk i guess understandably about a global like another gfc or or worse maybe a a recession or a depression um and how that might impact um, everybody globally but the last time we had a depression was 
kind of following the two world wars and the last pandemic we had. But in those days, we didn't have the technology that's available to us today. And it will be interesting to see, I think, um, how quickly we can bounce back from this and how adaptive we can be now and how, I guess, um, I'm, looking for, <laughs> I'm looking for the right word here. Sorry, it's late at night. Um, the, the solutions that we can come up with that wouldn't have been available to us 100 years ago in terms of, you know, stimulating economies and, and doing business with people in different countries and, and things, you know, that once upon a time would not have been available to us. Definitely. So for instance, I am a psychotherapist and clinical hypnotherapist and coach, mm -hmm. and my entire practice is virtual. So I have clients in America, the UK, Switzerland, oh. Italy, all over. Mm -hmm. And I've been working like that for almost two years now. So I definitely believe that there are opportunities because I've proven that in my own business mm -hmm. and hopefully other businesses that are able to do that are going to follow suit. Yeah, that will be very interesting. So some of the reading that I did um, was kind of uh, along the lines of how many tests Germany has been doing and that part of the reason that it was possible is that there was no kind of bureaucratic or I guess red tape um, issues to go through that some other Western countries are dealing with like the United States with the FDA. So I read that quite a few kind of private organizations in Germany were able to come up with a quick and easy test uh, for Germany and that you guys have tested like over one and a half million so far is that correct yes wow. so it's not that we don't have any drive-through testing or oh. anything like that that we've seen in some of um, the Asian countries mm -hmm. and here if you do have symptoms it doesn't mean that you immediately get tested you have to basically if you can show that you've had contact with someone who has positive uh, a positive uh, test mm -hmm. result or that you had been um, within the first two weeks in one of the hotspots like Milan or um, had traveled through an area that was considered a hotspot, mm. you would then get a test. Where now, if you are having mild symptoms, they tell you to just self-isolate and they check in with you on a daily basis. But there is talk of an antibody test that they mm. want to do in the near future to see who has had the virus and maybe didn't even know it because a lot of people are actually infected, but they don't show any symptoms and could have actually had it without even realizing it. So there is talk of in the near future offering this antibody test to, I think they want to start with 100,000 people to see who has actually had it. And those people will then maybe be allowed to, you know, take, um, you know, go to the office if that is necessary yeah. for them or yeah. they wouldn't be on such strict lockdown. 
Yep. So waiting to see how they're going to roll that out and how they're going to choose a hundred thousand people yeah. of the population. Um, because obviously they have to try and cover as much demographics as possible mm. with that. Mm. Yes. Um, it's a difficult um decision to make but also I'm fascinated to to find out because this has been my big question throughout sort of doing these chats with people all around the world the numbers are just kind of well they're not really indicative in a lot of ways given that that mostly people what you've said before about the testing parameters are pretty much the same almost everywhere um you must have been in contact with somebody or you must have traveled through um, somewhere, etc. Um, yes. So this kind of, and I read about, I read about these antibody tests yesterday. Um, this, this would be, this would be very interesting. Once countries start rolling this out and once we find out how many people were actually infected and didn't know it, <laughs> maybe yes. suspected, but maybe didn't even think maybe only, you know, had very, very minimal and symptoms. <laughs> I think the results will be very interesting because mm. when this became sort of a topic in Germany, it was straight after our winter holidays at the end of February. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people in Germany go skiing. Yeah. And a lot of them go skiing in Italy and a lot of them go skiing okay. in Austria. And those were two of the hotspots. Mm-hmm. So, Following that, we had our carnival, which is a nationwide party. You know, I myself attended a local party with maybe 500 people. And how many of those people were skiing and had been in a hotspot that could have been infected and had no idea? So I think it will be very interesting to see because I definitely do believe that there is a lot more infected without realizing it than what the numbers are actually showing us yeah because even the people that are at home at the moment that are having mild symptoms you know an elevated temperature Mm -hmm. maybe Mm -hmm. 38.8 degrees or having a mild cough they could be infected but they're not being tested so the numbers aren't a true indication Mm. Wow. How do they have a, have they given you a bit of a idea of how long it will take before they start rolling out these antibody tests? No, we don't have a date at the moment. And originally our schools were supposed to be closed till the 13th of April. Mm. And they've now said the 20th of April. So hopefully in the next week or so, we'll start getting an indication of how long, the schools are going to be closed, how long we can't leave. Because at the moment, we're basically being told you can leave your home to go shopping for food or to go to the pharmacy or if you need to take someone to the hospital or something like that. Mm. And they are getting stricter with that. Just yesterday, my husband's secretary informed us that they were starting to put up roadblocks and question people in cars. Really? Yes, which we didn't have a week ago. So the measures are getting stricter. Mm -hmm. Last night on the news, there was talk about 
whether we should follow Austria's lead and start making it um, a law that you have to wear a mask when you go outside. And for now, they've decided against that Mm -hmm. simply because we don't have enough masks. Well, I was speaking to Czech Republic two nights ago and they made it mandatory to wear masks when you're outside. First, they said you need to wear masks if you're going on public transport and something else. And then the very next day they said, no, if you're leaving the house at all, you need to wear a mask. And they had the same situation. There's no masks left, like for people to buy. So, so people have started sewing them out of material. Yes. And swapping yeah. them in the community for like wine and toilet paper and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Find enough masks for everybody. So it's a, uh, it's, it's some, for some countries, it's a bit impractical here in Australia. It would be the same thing. There are no masks left in the pharmacies. We've had to order more or, or get more made even for our, um, even just to, to cover our nurses and doctors. So, um, that's another um, interesting thing. I wonder how Austria is managing to get enough to everybody. Yeah, that's what I was wondering as well, because our health minister said on the news last night, it's not feasible for us at the moment, because just to protect the people who are working in supermarkets, we would need about 800,000 masks per day just for them. Wow. Yeah, right. (laughs) And our main focus now is to provide that to our nurses, doctors, and caretakers in old age homes, which I believe is the right way to go. Um, So it is, you know, a situation where hopefully if we could get masks in the future, that might be an option where they allow us to move around more freely if we, if it's mandatory to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. And so are you allowed to, because there's, there's so many varying levels of lockdown in different countries, some countries like Jordan, you're literally not allowed to step outside, not even to go to the supermarket, not to go to the pharmacy, nothing. And then here it's like kids are still allowed to go to school if their parents are working in the essential services. Like, so if their parents are nurses or doctors or, you know, ambulance drivers, police officers, things like that. Um, But everyone else is encouraged to keep their kids home and you are allowed to go outside for uh, exercise, but only in groups of two people or one person. So are you, in Germany, are you allowed to go outside for any kind of exercise or fresh air or are you only to get essentials? We are allowed to get essentials and we are allowed to go outside to exercise, but not more than with, not with more than one person. Right. And that person has to live under your roof. Yeah. So for instance, yeah. I can go for a walk with my husband, sure. but I wouldn't be able to go with a friend. Sure. Sure. Okay. And obviously if you've got a pet or something, you can take your dog for a walk or. Yes. Yeah. Um, our schools are all closed. Right. They, even some if of the schools. Even if you're a nurse or something, you, you, your kids are, and you're working in the hospitals, your, your kids are home. Is that right? 
It depends. What they did is they closed the schools and then they said for people who are considered to be essential workers, they had to provide proof of that. Right. So for instance, if a nurse has a child that needs care and her husband is working from home, that child would stay home. If right. both parents say for instance one is a police officer one is a nurse and there is no care available then the schools would provide um care for the children but it wasn't just this okay well now i'm gonna send my child because i don't feel like looking after them (laughs) they were very which i've heard in some countries Um, one of my friends is a teacher in the uk and they've had issues like that where people were still trying to send their children to school even though they weren't uh, essential workers So here in Germany, everything is very regulated and the parents had to provide proof that that is actually their occupation. And they had to provide a letter stating where they will be working, what times, so that the children that really needed it were given the care. Wow. Wow. And I also read that you guys, your death rate from this is, is a lot lower than other countries. And some people are attributing that to the amount of testing that's been done. Um, do you think that's indicative or is there, yes. do you guys have enough like hospital beds or what's the, I think it's a combination right? because they did start testing very early. Mm-hmm. They closed the schools very early. Mm-hmm. We have more than half of our ICU beds are not even being used at the moment. Wow. And half that half that isn't being used in total is more than what Italy have available. God. So we have a lot of resources. And even though not even half of our beds are being used at the moment, Berlin, for instance, is busy uh, renovating or turning a trade fair center Mm. into a makeshift hospital that would be able to look after a thousand patients should we need it. So we are already in preparations for something that we don't know if we would need it, but it's better to be prepared. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes, you guys are um, fortunately coming out of your winter. We are, you know, in a couple of months, we'll be coming into ours. And um, that I think that's the biggest issue for Australia is that we'll be dealing with not just coronavirus, but the regular flu and, and pneumonia, you know, that sometimes is a result of, of, of influenza on top of that Um, yes so it's a bit of a um, bad timing (laughs) in the southern hemisphere as you guys Mm -hmm. will be coming through out of your sort of main influenza season and your um hopefully hopefully through the summer you'll see you know uh, a a decrease in the amount of illnesses in general you know that kind of some some people here are of the opinion that if we didn't have our main flu season now in February, March, Mm. we would have had less infections Yeah, because 
people had a weakened immune system from maybe having a cold or the flu two weeks earlier. So I think there are pros and cons to every sort of situation. You're so right. Yes. Yes. Agreed. You're right. It's that's true. Um, But uh, I do hope that come summer, you will, you know, see a real tapering off of, of the whole thing. Well, listen, yes. I really, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and I, if, if it's okay, I'll try and catch up with you again in, you know, in a week or two so we can, I'd love to hear if they've rolled out the antibody testing or any type of, you know, new statistics coming through from, or information from Germany. That would be wonderful. Definitely. Um, just to give everyone hope, you know, we are all in this together and we do have german uh, companies working on a vaccine so hopefully by in two months time we will have a vaccine out that's available um so it's not it's not as if there's no light at the end of the tunnel i totally agree i totally agree and every conversation i've had with every person in every corner of the world has has been really hopeful. I, I, I really feel that people are, um, are, are, well, that I've spoken to are dealing quite well and, and everyone's doing their part. And I, I agree, you know, we, we're living in an age where technology moves so much faster than it ever has before. And we have reason to hope that this, this can all be over very soon. Yes. And as a therapist, I would just ask everybody listening to this to be responsible in what they share on social media, because very often, you know, sharing pictures of empty shelves or that, you don't know how many people you're actually triggering with that without meaning to. So, yeah, that is a really, that's really good advice. I'm glad you said that. It's very true. We, we, it's a very good time to be mindful of what we share and what we say and how we react to this yes and you know just fact check Mm. there are a lot of you know fake news and people giving hints and tips that aren't actually based on science Mm. and we just want to make sure that people are being mindful fact checking not creating mass panic without meaning to absolutely 100% 100% great. Thank you, Jenny. Really lovely to talk to you. And um, yeah, we'll catch up again soon. Thank you so much. Good night. Well, good, good day. Enjoy your day. <laughs> you too. Bye. Remember why I loved you now.